Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. TikTok is full of, well, everything. So the Audacious team scoured the app to find people who use TikTok for good. Like a woman who cleans at no charge the houses of people who are going through tough times. For me, the dirtier, the better. That is like, ah, I love dirt and mold and stains and grime and everything. Mm. There's another woman who researches and cleans gravestones. Some people play guitar, some people go fishing. I went to the cemetery to clean gravestones. And this CEO has a lot to say about kindness and how giving compliments to strangers is good for you too. When you can see their reactions, it'll encourage you so much to start doing it on a daily basis. And you'll start to see how much better it makes you feel. At the end of the day, you're doing a lot for the world as well. I'm Kyone Wolf. That's coming up next on Audacious, right after the news. You look fantastic today, by the way. From Connecticut Public Radio in Hartford, this is Audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf, and today, oh, today we are going to make you feel good because we're talking with three people who run TikTok accounts that aim to improve the world around them. Later, you'll hear about one account that posts videos of drive-by compliments. And you'll meet a woman who researches and cleans gravestones. But first, I gotta say, I have never known of anyone who loves cleaning as much as Audi Koninen, a.k.a. Audi Katarina, a.k.a. the queen of cleaning. Or, as she puts it, The world's best cleaner. Now, it's one thing to be said, world's best cleaner, but Audi from Finland takes it one step further. She deep cleans for free, one home a week, belonging to a person who finds themselves in a tough situation. And over 7 million people can't get enough of how different she makes these homes look. I asked her why she began posting the befores and afters to TikTok. I wanted to show everybody how fun and sexy and easy cleaning can be. So I started to do TikToks summer 2020. I was like, okay, I'm going to post one TikTok. And then I posted another one, another one, and another one. And then this one uh, single mom of three asked for my help because her husband had killed himself. So she really needed some cleaning help. Their home was really messy, understandably. So uh, she sent me some pictures of her home. And then I was like, yeah, of course I'm coming. I want to help you. So I cleaned her home for free. And then I posted a TikTok about it. And then more people uh, came to ask for my help. Well, I mean, time is money, right? And you got to earn a living. So how did you figure out how to continue to support yourself? with the work you do, and also to continue to support and engage and help these people who are asking for help? Well, I had my day job. I was working full time and I had my weekends free. And cleaning is like hobby for me because my last job, I couldn't clean as much as I would want to. So that's why these free homes cleanings were like my hobby to me. And before that, I was also working as a volunteer uh, in a suicidal hotline. So these free cleanings combined two of my favorite things, cleaning and like helping others. So it was perfect. <laughs> when you hear from people who need help, what kind of stories do you typically hear? Typically, they have some kind of mental illness. Something happened in their life. Or they have been depressed for many years. And they have lost their loved ones or uh, their kids are sick or something bad has happened, usually. How many people do you typically hear from in a day or a week? 
Mm, I think I get like 10 emails per day and they are all around the world. How do you decide who you'll choose to help? Well, basically, I'm cleaning the houses that are dirty enough for me because there is a lot of houses that are too clean. So they are really boring for me. They got to be worth the travel. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because for me, the dirtier, the better. That is like, ah, I love it. I love dirt and mold and stains and grime and everything. Mm. So when you walk into a house, you like salivate. You're like, and where do you where do you start when you get into a house? Usually, I'm like jumping, like, oh, this is awesome! So many stains and ah. Usually, I start by collecting all the trashes. I know trash is <laughs> correct way to say it, but I like trashes. It's plural. I say trashes. <laughs> it sounds funny. Trash is always <laughs> plural, so yeah, trashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I start collecting trashes, and then I'm collecting all the house owner belongings, and then I'm cleaning the surfaces. So that's it. It's really simple. Have you ever walked into a house and felt overwhelmed in any way? Never. Never. <laughs> I knew that was what Ever. you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such a house. Like, I mean, uh, there is like boring houses, which are too clean. And then there is like house, which has a lot of stains like, Oh, gosh, I love that. A house uh, which has a lot of dresses and belongings. <laughs> That's boring. But I love stains because uh, they are hard to remove. Like time has created them for many years. And then I come and I clean them like this. Uh, it's so satisfying. What are some stains that people screw up cleaning? I think people screw up usually. They don't uh, give stains time or the product time to affect. They are spraying or putting some product. Then they are scrubbing. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> you have to give the stains time like to absorb or the product to absorb there. So I usually spray something or... Uh, spread some product on the surface then I let it sit there for a while and I'm doing something how do you say it something else something else yes <laughs> I'm doing something else and then I'll get back to there and then I scrub it one sense that I don't get from you is judgment here you are helping people who have been through something really difficult are still processing something really difficult, experiencing mental health uh, challenges. And you seem so full of joy and, and excitement and love. And I don't get the sense that there's any judgment from you on these people. Why would I judge them? Like everybody is suffering here. Why wouldn't I help these people? when they are suffering, when they have hard times. When I was young, I was depressed. So I kind of understand depression and mental illness. So there's nothing to be judged for. If you were going through a world-rocking difficult time, how would you need to be helped? I would want the same kind of help. like. I can't save those people. You can save yourself. That's the thing. But other people can help you. They can like give you a hope that everything can everything can be changed. Like people usually ask me, do they keep their homes clean or I don't care. It gives hope to them. Like if if you have like really huge problem, like really messy problem. It can't be fixed like this. That's the thing that your brain remember that 
transformation, then everything can be fixed. I'd like to know what kind of mess or stain you haven't yet gotten to clean. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always want to find some moldy things. Like I have seen moldy Pepsi. Like, <laughs> like I have a Pepsi puddle which had this moldy layer, <laughs> you know, and I'm always opening new things where it's mold. So I want to find moldy things, I guess. <laughs> More mold. Have you ever seen mold that was like the most beautiful mold? Yeah. In this lunchbox has these like hills. And they were covered in mold, like different colored mold. And it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And it smelled really bad. <laughs> so if it was like your birthday, would a good present for you be maybe a beautiful picture of something really moldy in a frame? No, no. A good birthday present for me would be a really moldy hole. A really moldy that home guess, for you yeah, to clean. That, I, that is, yeah, <laughs> yes, that would be my dream present. Oh my god, yeah, house of mold. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, that, it could be like a theme park. Yeah, that would be so cool. Now, um, we don't get to see the reaction of the homeowner when they yeah. arrive to see what you've done with their home. How do they normally respond? Many people cry, many people like shake, many people are like, what is this? Is this my home? What is this? <laughs> like they are in shock. But some people are like, okay, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's some kind of shock also, but they all act differently. But they all are grateful, for sure. I want to ask, how does it feel when you finish a job? And I imagine you'll say, it feels really good. What I'm curious about is, do you ever feel satisfied, completely satisfied with a job? Yes. When I receive the pictures of the home, it's like looking at the menu, like, food menu okay then i select yes i want to clean this one i want to uh, eat this one then i go to the home i'm getting the burger in front of me like yeah i'm gonna eat this really soon uh, i'm gonna clean this really soon then when i'm cleaning it it's like the eating part it's the best part then the plate is empty i'm satisfied but I want to find a new hamburger really soon. So it's the same kind of feeling. I'm really satisfied, but I know I want more. Do you ever listen to stuff when you're cleaning or do you do it in silence? I listen. Usually I listen um, crime podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that touches on a question I wanted to ask. Have you considered working in crime scene cleanup? Maybe someday. I don't know. But Wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, because um, I think the best stain, stains are those which have time create. Like, they have been there a really long time. So in a crime scene, they are really fresh stains. So they are a bit boring. Unless it's a very old crime scene. Yeah, maybe. Maybe then. Maybe then, yeah. <laughs> if you got a round-trip plane ticket for free anywhere in the world, where do you think would be the most moldy place to clean? In the US. I have seen <laughs> <laughs> I have seen a lot of pictures from there. So I, I would want to clean in every state in there. <laughs> for those who maybe won't ever reach out to you, 
but they are going through something difficult and their homes are beginning to close in on them in one way or another. Uh, and they could use maybe some advice for how to keep their head above water, both in terms of keeping a clean home or space and keeping their wits about them. What kind of advice do you have? I recommend to ask for help and talk about the situation because that always helps. But a cleaning point of view, the less stuff you have, more uh, easy the cleaning will be. So if your house is full of stuff, you feel like heavy and stressed because everything is messy and blah, 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 blah. And I think your home is reflection of your mind. So if you want to feel like lighter, I suggest that you remove extra stuff so you feel lighter. But of course, it's not that easy. Otherwise, everybody (laughs) would do that. But talking and throwing stuff away are good starting points. I couldn't possibly agree more. Well, Auri Koninen, thank you so very much for speaking with me and for all you do. Thank you! It was fun! <laughs> we'll have links to Audi's TikTok on our webpage, ctpublic.org slash audacious. When we get back. By that night, it was like millions and millions, and I was dumbfounded. I, uh, what? Oh, this is me cleaning the gravestone? I had no idea. Why so many people love watching a woman clean graves. Plus, oh, it feels so good to watch people get complimented. Almost any compliment you give is like a shock. And you just feel so good walking away from being able to do that for someone else. I'm Kyone Wolf. This is Audacious. Stay with me. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. Hartford HealthCare recently celebrated the opening of the Ridge Recovery Center in Wyndham. Christy Scott, Vice President of Clinical Operations, describes this new state-of-the-art destination for healing. Individuals will come if they're suffering from substance use disorder and get individualized treatment. They can stay up to three to four weeks and receive family therapy, individual therapy, group therapy, and lots of other holistic care like yoga, trail walking, acupuncture. So it's going to be a great place for people to come and heal. For those seeking recovery, finding it close to home can sometimes be challenging. Many individuals travel to Florida and other states that have more treatment centers, so we're hoping by doubling our capacity at Hartford HealthCare, the individuals can stay in their home state with their family and support systems close by. To learn more, go to ctpublic.org slash elevatinghealth. This is Audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf. Today we're meeting people who use TikTok to make the world a better place. Later you'll find out why 5 million people subscribe to one account That's all about public compliments. But right now, you got to meet Alicia Williams from Bedford, Virginia, a.k.a. Lady Tafos, a.k.a. the OG grave cleaning lady. As Alicia was going through a very painful divorce, she was looking for a hobby to help her recalibrate. She landed on gravestone conservation. And what her 2.7 million followers really seem to love are the time-lapse videos of her process, taking these markers from grimy and overgrown to clean, readable, and respectable gravestones. I asked her how she decides which ones to work on. That has evolved quite a bit, I have to admit. Initially, I was gravitating towards my own family, and then I also wanted to clean the dirtiest ones, just really wanted to see the transformations. And But it was through that that I realized that this was really going to be um, a test of patience because... I was quickly learning that nothing was an instant, there was no instant gratification. Uh, Very, very rare occasion that it would happen, but the real transformation comes over time. So when I choose them now, 
I, I look for something that I think will be intriguing on video or also um, maybe somebody has an interesting story to share and I go towards, towards them that way now. So let's talk actual process of cleaning a gravestone. When you pack your bags and uh, arrive at a gravestone, what gear do you have with you? The main thing that I use is uh, a quaternary, it's a mouthful, ammonium product. It's called D2 Biological Solution. That's the main thing that I have. Aside from that, I have soft bristle brushes, um, plastic scrapers, uh, think like a plastic putty knife that you get in the hardware section, bamboo skewers that are, you, you can pick up in your grilling section. You know, it's a, at, a, at the dollar store. They're not very expensive. A bucket just to keep some water to keep my brushes wet and rinse them off. And then I have a garden sprayer. It's a really small amount of product. The most expensive thing is the D2. It's not cheap. So, but everything there you can pick up at the um, local hardware store. What is on the gravestones? I mean, it seems like it's just dirt, but is it just dirt? It is dirt and it's a combination of things um, aside from the dirt. And what is on a gravestone is regional based on what materials were used and what the climate is. And also something people don't think of uh, the industry that is in the area. So for example, in Kentucky, uh, where there is a lot of whiskey distilling, they have something specific that happens there called a whiskey fungus. And it it's like this black fungus that adheres to the stones and buildings and all sorts of things there. And most, most generally speaking, it's lichens, mosses, and funguses. Um, you also have animal droppings and in bad instances, maybe graffiti or something like that. But um, generally speaking, it happens over time from mowing and, you know, rain, like I said, industry, whatever byproducts are coming off from that. I will never look at my bourbon quite the same way. Thank you very much. Right. Well, it's called the Angel's Share, which is yes. in the evaporation process. There is something that happens with the ethanol in that process, and it mixes with something. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not scientific in any respect, but something happens when it evaporates, and it mixes with the um, uh, something in the air, and it causes this fungus to grow. How long does it typically take for you to? completely clean a gravestone? The average turnaround time is uh, six to eight months. And how many have you done? I've done several hundred in my area because it started out as just something that I was doing. Like some people play guitar, some people go fishing. I went to the cemetery to clean gravestones. Like I'm a very low maintenance woman. I don't get my hair done. I don't get my nails done. I don't do makeup. So this is what I did for myself. It was really about focusing on the individual on these uh, directly on individual stones instead of like a mass quantity at once, because I really wanted to bring it back to its original beauty as much as I could. And some people argue that that's not the proper way to approach it. But like, well, if you can do it safely and effectively, then why not? What does it feel like for you? emotionally to be doing this now I know in the beginning you know you're trying to get your your brain your heart your entire soul through a divorce and a custody battle but right now like how does it feel for you is it emotional is it just autopilot something else it's very emotional there and at this point too there's a lot of there's a little bit of autopilot but it's always Oh, it's always very soothing. It's a serotonin release for me to see, to see the transformation of this place and also the chain reaction of things that have happened because, you know, I made the decision to start doing this. So as all of the stones have gotten cleaner in my town cemeteries, uh, it, it has encouraged the crew, the public works crew to, um, 
take care of the place a little bit more and better. And, you know, they've managed the landscaping better. They're more cautious with the mowing, you know, to have somebody, I do think it is sort of a morale builder for people who get paid to do certain jobs when someone who doesn't have to do work does in some capacity or steps up to the plate. So, because I was, I was stepping up and helping out and taking an interest in something that so many people just forget about that. um, It's kind of just snowballed into a bunch of different good things. So. Can you talk about a gravestone and the story behind it that really left an imprint on you? I call her Miss Lucy. She was uh, enslaved at a plantation here in my county. She is buried with the people who enslaved her. She is the only African-American buried in the town's cemetery there that uh, I work in. There is an African-American cemetery, but it's on like another side of town. But this would have been the white cemetery. And she's buried there with her you know, former enslavers. She stayed with them after emancipation. And it's a difficult one for me because a lot of people, when they hear that, they think, oh, that's so nice. They, they, they loved her so much. And I'm like, well, I mean, as much as you could love somebody you owned, like, you know, your property. I mean, I, it just always confuses me because I don't look at it as as kind, I guess, as other people do, I look at it as kind of like, like this poor woman, like in a way she's still trapped by them, even in death. Where was she going to go at the time, at that time? Um, I think she was in her forties when emancipation happened. It's like, where's she going to go? What's she going to do? It's all she knew. You know, her story just uh, resonates with me. So I'm extra protective of her, her site, her grave and her stone, and it's, it's significant because of that. I wish, I almost wish she wasn't there. <laughs> Did you leave all the other stones tarnished and gross and dirty? I didn't actually. And I have mixed feelings. I tend to avoid sharing a lot of the um, known enslavers on social media, just because I, I, I like to avoid conflict. <laughs> I'll be honest. I like to avoid the conflict. But um, I'm not afraid of telling their stories. And I think that's that's the thing that is um, it's a lesson I can I learn continuously. The more I clean, the more I research, because you have to tell the stories of the enslavers in order Mm -hmm. to free the names of the enslaved. It's an unfortunate reality of uh, the situation for genealogy in, in that respect and, and helping those, the descendants of these people find the, trace their roots. And the only way it can be done is by going through the wills and, and records of those white enslavers. So I feel like if I didn't clean them, maybe I, w- I wouldn't take as much care or concern into um, telling their stories. Bringing it to the surface is important to me. All right, let's talk about TikTok. What made you start posting there? I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody really know why they start posting on TikTok? I mean, really know. Well, during COVID, going to the cemetery was like the only thing that we could do outside here where people weren't going to like harass you or where it wasn't going to be an issue, you know, as far as all of the mandates go. But it wasn't until the fall, it was October, and my daughter was doing all this stuff, you know, coming in, like, you know, I'm like, what are you Like the TikTok dancing? Yeah, I'm like, what is is going on? You smacking yourself in the face? What's going on here? And she's like, oh, it's TikTok. It used to be whatever this random app was. I'm like, okay, let me go see what it is. So I downloaded it, and like, even the name just kind of just popped into my head. It was like, okay. I just put it in there. I was like, well, let me, let me see what I can do. Just, I had no idea what the app was like. I I made like three videos, two or three videos. And then on the fifth day I got up and went to the cemetery and 
saw the light was hitting this one particular stone just really nicely. And so I didn't even understand that I could only do a 60 second clip at the time. So it's like, okay, let me set this up and filmed it. And then it just went viral by that night. It was like millions and millions. And I was dumbfounded. I, what? Oh, just me cleaning the gravestone. I had no idea. What do you think it was that made you go viral in the first place? And now you've got 2.7 million followers on freaking TikTok. Like what, can you put your finger on what you think that is that people are drawn to? It's a combination of things. I think there are people out there who are drawn to the fact that it's, you know, cemetery, a gravestone. People are, other people are interested about the stories and the genealogical aspect of things. Um, and then I think people are also, I do think people are inspired in some way that I found a way to cope, an interesting way to cope and deal with a tumultuous time in my life. There's a subreddit that I really love called power washing porn. How much do you think people are drawn to what you do because it's such a hypnotic and satisfying thing to watch? I think a lot of people are drawn to it because of that. I think some people want me to use a pressure washer, I'll be honest, but <laughs> I do think there is a visual a soothing sensation that, I mean, I feel it when I go in and see all the, the transformation, the, the process, I liken it to like vacuum patterns in the carpet. It's just, there's something nice about seeing something transform and then seeing the finished product as a result. Yeah, I think definitely the visual is intriguing as well. I have heard you say that this is that this work is a lot like therapy to you. And you've said it in this interview too, and you, you've used it to deal with really dark, painful times. And so even though gravestones might not be for everyone, but they're listening to this conversation and, it, and they're in a dark place too. What, what advice do you have to someone going through tough times right now? Um. Somehow, some way, it's going to be okay. As long as you try to say your best to stay positive. And that being said, you've got to find something that gives you a reason to get up every day. Something that gives you a, a, a goal and, you know, set a goal, whether it's, you know, every day I'm just going to get dressed. Every day I'm going to, you know, walk for 10 minutes. I don't, whatever simple thing it might be, but find something that gets you up and somehow, some way it's all going to be okay. It all works out. It always does. When the time comes for you to leave this plane of existence, if you had to have a tombstone, what would it say? Um, she tried her best. She tried her best. Yeah, because I'm realistic. My kids aren't coming to visit me in the cemetery. Never. <laughs> they ain't going with me. <laughs> so, but we're we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it small and affordable. <laughs> and clean. That's right. We'll do we'll do bronze instead of uh, stones. So. <laughs> okay. Well, Alicia Williams, Lady Tafos, the OG grave cleaning lady, <laughs> thank you so very much for talking with me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. We'll have links to Alicia's TikTok on our webpage, ctpublic.org slash audacious. After the break. No matter how small or big the compliment is, I, I think the best advice I can give is just say it. You look amazing listening to this show. Meet the CEO of a company that posts videos of drive-by compliments. I'm Kyone Wolf. This is Audacious. Be right back. One kind of favor I'll ask of you. One kind of favor I'll ask of you. See that my grave is kept clean.
You're listening to the new investigative reporting podcast in absentia, which means you're interested in getting to the facts and uncovering the truth. If you'd like to help us continue our investigative work, consider making a donation. Visit ctpublic.org slash tap support and contribute today. That's ctpublic.org slash TAP support. Thank you for being a part of the Accountability Project. So you've never donated to this station before? That's okay. Public Media Giving Days are a great time to make your first gift. Here's how. Give now at ctpublic.org slash donate. This is Audacious. I'm Kion Wolf. And okay, maybe you're not like my last two guests who use TikTok for good. And you aren't going to be posting time lapses of grave cleanings or you don't have enough passion for mold to clean houses for free for people who are going through difficult times. But you can, and I will, follow the lead of Francois Rehani. He's the CEO of La La Land Kind Cafe, where their employees during COVID and now posted videos of themselves doing drive-by compliments. I love your smile. <laughs> Thank you. You're the best. You is too. I know you're working super hard today, Thank so you. I just want to tell you good job, okay? Oh, looks so good today. Y'all just are just do you work at Whole Foods? No. Because you look fresh. Oh, thank you. Yes. You look absolutely beautiful. I love your whole outfit. I made my day. You look so good. Awesome. So nice. <laughs> You're a rock star. Your smile just made my day brighter. Well, you just made my day. I wish everybody was like this. Wouldn't this be a great world if I know. we were all like this? Yeah, that is definitely the idea. Their cafe has six locations in Texas and California, but on TikTok, they've got over 5 million followers. And how many views? I think over a billion views. Yeah, just crazy to think about how these simple videos are getting more views than big Hollywood productions, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny because I think about compliments and now... I believe every compliment I get. I take them well. But I know some people, they feel like if they're getting complimented, then they're actually being made fun of. Or if they're getting complimented, that means somebody wants something from them. Is that something you think you're up against sometimes? I don't think we really think about that. We're we're a very no bullshit kind of company. Uh, That's kind of just how our whole team runs. We, We believe in bringing human, you know, connection, people closer together. And so... And that's why, you know, I put a big emphasis on the word genuine compliments, right? We're not here to bullshit anyone. We just want people to understand what's amazing about them. Each human, you know, has something that's special about them and unique. And we all dress differently, you talk differently, act differently, put on makeup differently, you wear different glasses, whatever it is. There's so many unique things about people. We just want to point those things out. So sure, once in a while, like we'll get some comments or someone will say something about it, but we, we never, ever take it to heart. When you're driving around or anyone on your team is driving around and making these videos, do they tend to get better at it? I mean, like anything, when you do it over and over again, you know, practice makes permanent, right? And so I wonder if, you know, maybe at first they were like hesitant to compliment and and did, does this like when you do this, does it change you? Does it make it easier for you to do it in general when there's no cameras? Yeah, that, that's a great point. And I think, you know, when you first start, it might be a little bit more uncomfortable because we're not used to just complimenting strangers. And once you're doing it for a week, you're doing it outside of work. You're doing it to your friends and your family. And you're holding doors and complimenting random people even when you're not at work. And it becomes a part of you, right? It is changing people and it does normalize it once you start doing it over and over again. What would you say to people who think you shouldn't be filming this and you shouldn't uh, be posting it for attention or clicks or likes uh, that sort of removes the purity of it? What's your response to that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, our goal as a company, and we post it everywhere, it's to normalize kindness, right? And one of the ways we do that is by showing people how simple it is to be kind and how impactful these simple things we do are, right? And so what these videos have done is, first of all, you can see all the other people that went out and tried doing the same kind of videos, which we love. And it shows people like, oh, I can actually just say a random compliment and truly change someone's day, right? We won't, look, as a company, it might sound crazy to you, a coffee shop, whatever it is, at six stores right now. We believe that through scale, we'll be able to truly normalize kindness the next 20 or 30 years, right? And media is a massive way of doing that. As you can see, 
We've reached over a billion people through doing that, right? It's not that easy to do that through six doors. And so if we can show people how simple it is to be kind, encourage them to go out and do it, then, you know, I don't care about people coming and telling me, oh, why are you filming it? Because if you come look at me or our entire corporate team and how we are on a daily basis without the camera, I think you would understand. Can you give me some advice on how to give a great compliment? Because sometimes I, I do like someone's shoes. I don't love them, but they are standing out to me. And I like the, all this processing is happening really quick. And I'm thinking I would like to compliment the shoes, but I'm really like, like a four out of 10 impressed, but that's better than zero out of 10 impressed. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so what are some ways that I can confidently and effectively give a really good compliment. Absolutely. I, I think the easiest way at this point now, it, it's kind of like you get into this world that anytime I see something that I like, I just instantly say it. And my, my friends around me, I encourage them to do the same. Like, you know, we'll be walking around and my friend this actually happened two days ago. was like, oh, you know, I love her back. I'm like, don't keep the compliment to yourself ever. Right. So I literally yelled it across the street. I said, she loves her back. And the girl had the biggest smile in the world. Right. And it happens so much, even if it's something as simple as just someone's bag, it's just so easy to just come out and say it instead of ever holding it in, right? So at this point, it's like if a compliment comes to my mind, it's instant. You're just like vomiting it out no matter what. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's crazy to think about. I'm sure each one of us have, has been in an instance where someone complimented something and it made us so much more confident in that forever, Right. And so it's so important. You know, someone might have just got that bag or just got a haircut or just bought those shoes. And, and hearing that confirmation from someone really makes us so confident as human beings. So no matter how small or big the compliment is, I, I think the best advice I can give is just say it. I feel like sometimes people are drawn to kindness, deliberate kindness, because they didn't have it growing up or because they did. And they want to continue uh, blossoming in that way. So why for you does kindness matter so much? I think, you know, as I get older, I start to miss being a kid, right? Like, like life gets so damn hard and stressful and you're like, it all hits you at once. And I think you try to search for like what really makes you happy, right? And in my whole life, I just like pushed for this like success through my career and all this stuff. And we're, we're reaching it. We're achieving, achieving these dreams. But in the moment, you really don't feel any of it, right? Like you're, you're achieving all these things that you always wanted and then you get there and it doesn't give you any real sense of happiness. And you like search for how do you achieve that happiness that you had as a kid. And it's so crazy to think that like, these simple things that we do when we do compliment someone and the smile back that you get and that sense of like bringing together like two random human beings and how happy that makes you. I think for me, that's the closest thing that you get to like being a child and just being like free. It's crazy to walk around and think about how much division people have and how, you know, we're all adults and human beings and we all go through a pretty up life and, and, and it's such an easy thing to do to just like care about each other and show each other that we, should all just generally love each other and being kind is the simplest way to do that. And I'll be the first to tell you, it's not, you know, sure the compliment's easy, but it's not really that easy being a kind person hundred percent of the time. Right. And, and I'm telling you that I'm definitely not, I just try very hard. I'm very intentionally trying to be that, you know, we all get stressed and we all get put into positions and it's just about striving to be as kind as we can possibly be. You make me think about um, the meta meditations. I went through, been going through a difficult time and I found myself full of a lot of anger and I uh, found this loving kindness meta meditation where you think about someone really easy to feel love for and you think, may you be joyful, may you be happy, may you find clarity. And then you think about maybe someone you don't really know, but you may be the postal uh, carrier and you think, well, may you be joyful, happy, find clarity. And then you think about people you don't know. And then you think about people who you have trouble wishing goodwill for. <laughs> and you just go, I wish you peace. I wish you 
clarity and going through these exercises until it's to the whole world, to anyone who's ever existed, to every dimension that may exist. And doing that practice, I feel like helps me keep my kindness threshold high. Mm -hmm. And when I imagine sharing compliments with people, it's just one more meditation almost. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great point. It's a great way to put it. Because if you think about it, it's also a selfish thing to do when you give compliments because it does make you feel great, right? You could be having a shitty day, but you go out and give five, 10 compliments and you see the smiles that you put on people's faces, especially because, you know, these days it's so rare and people are used to hearing so much instead of hearing something nice that almost any compliment you give is like a shock. Right. And you just feel so good walking away from being able to do that for someone else, right? So yeah, it, it is in a way a meditation, absolutely. That makes me think about there have been studies where if you give somebody $100, they report that they are happy about this. But if you give somebody $100 under the condition that they give that $100 to somebody else, that makes them even happier. Mm -hmm. And that is right alongside what you're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's crazy because, you know, you grow up and people try to tell you these things and as a kid, I don't think you really understand it and you kind of ignore it. But as you grow up is when you start to realize that, you know, it, that's truly what life's about. Right. And I'm not ever saying that we shouldn't strive to have nice things and all that thing's nice. We want to go on vacation. I want to have nice cars. Yes, that's still there. But at the end of the day, what truly does bring us happiness is by us being able to help other people and and that's truly, you know, what we should strive for as human beings. How do we bring humanity closer together? And this is a really difficult time to have that goal. It feels like at least, right? Like we, <laughs> <laughs> seems like a real tough time to make that sale. But at the same time, what better time than now? Because the world seems so uh, devoid of kindness. So when you think about the future of this planet, where are you in terms of your hopes for the place that kindness may take in our psyche? <laughs> you know, we're very hopeful because also when you get to this low of a point, I think at some point people are going to search for like wanting to connect again and not have so much division. And I think that's also why maybe our videos translate so much right now, because there's so much hate and division and nonsense coming out every day and fighting between sides that at some point, we just have to realize, hey, we're all human beings. We all become adults. We all go through pretty times. We all feel alone in some sort of way. And But at the end of the day, we come back to this core that we are human beings, right? And what's crazy to me that people don't understand is, look, you might have a completely different perspective on life and politics and how the world should work than I do. But it's solely because we grew up in different scenarios with different parents and if I grew up with you in that scenario, I might think the same thing, but I grew up a different way. And so why should I hate you? Because you grew up differently than me, right? And even if you have a completely different opinion, I should still love and care about you as a human being. We can have a conversation about it, but just, it shouldn't be a fight, right? And hopefully we can get to a point of, of understanding that. We're very hopeful as a company that we can truly attribute to that and represent America in our sense of kindness. Well, I've asked everything I planned on. Did I miss anything? If you got anything out of this is, you know, literally today, go out and try complimenting a couple of random people. And I think what it'll do for you is when you do see their reactions, as small as the compliment is, it'll encourage you so much to start doing it on a daily basis. And you'll start to see how much better it makes you feel. And at the end of the day, you're doing a lot for the world as well. Well, Francois Rehani, CEO of La La Land Kind Cafe, Thank you very much for talking with me. And I like your glasses. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Take a compliment. All right, Francois, I decided to follow your lead. The day after our conversation, when I was out and about, I tried complimenting people, starting with the guy at the city dump. All right, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Have I ever told you you look good and green? <laughs> Have a great day. Peace. And then I took my dog Gray for a walk and I just kept going. I like your glasses. I like your fanny pack. I like your hair. 
I like your glasses. I like your hats. They suit you. <laughs> nice beard. Thank you. I love your pink. Thank you. All over, yes. <laughs> All right, this was getting addictive. So on the way to the grocery store, I wanted to see how it felt to holler compliments at total strangers from my car. I like your beard. I love your pink. That is a beautiful top. You look strong. I like your scooter. That's a nice beard. And you know I had to keep it going in the grocery store. I like how you matched your top with your shoes. <laughs> I like your tie dye. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You have a wonderful smile. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Ugh, that was awesome. I spent the whole afternoon locking on to people and just trying to figure out what was cool about them. Instead of being in my own head all the time, which is one of my favorite places to be, but I was focused on other people and what was great about them. And that is pretty cool. Now to see if I will continue doing this when there's not a microphone on my shirt. Audacious is always lovingly produced by me, Jessica Severin Martinez, who is a wonderful poet, and Katie Talarski, who has very good instincts and excellent leadership skills. With help from our interns, Anya Grandalski and Mira Raju, who come up with great questions for these shows at Connecticut Public Radio in Hartford, clearly the best public radio station in the country. Subscribe to Audacious and you are very, very attractive. And you'll always get to hear the show a day early. You can hear them all at ctpublic.org slash audacious or wherever you get your podcasts. Send me your reactions to this show. I'm on the Facebooks and Instagrams and Twitters at Kion Wolf, or you can send an email to audacious at ctpublic.org. Thanks for listening, you beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful.